Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for another edition of Adventures in Careerland. Okay, I think it's okay. All right, I'm getting a little excited. I'm getting a little excited because we don't have music yet. But uh, we do have attempts and interest in finding music. So I look to my great producers, Lily <laughs> and Isabella, to continue the search for music. I put a call out for some people to help us with our music. But we have been getting comments that they like what they hear so far. So that's awesome. I'm Adriano Magnifico. I'm the host of this podcast, but the ho- the podcast cannot run without the hardworking efforts of Lily and Isabella, the producers. Thank you. And they are from the Louis Riel School Division Broadcast Media Program, and it's one of the hottest programs in the building. And people who take this program come out with incredible skill. It's one of those programs that flies under the radar a bit sometimes. People don't know it's in our building because the Louis Riel Arts and Technology Center often has a reputation as more of a trade center, an apprenticeship center, and that's a worthy distinction because it does. It does plumbing, it does um, auto mechanics, it does uh, electrical, and a number of others. But it's got some other programs that are really, really powerful for for students, young people, and really anyone who wants to consider a career path that has potential for real work pretty quickly. So when Lily and Isabella work here with me, they are working on a classroom project, and I'm the beneficiary of that, and I'm so grateful for them being here all the time. So we're in our episode two. Last week we learned about the incredible story, because that's what we're about. We're about the stories of students and how they made their way and how they found their decisions and what led them to where they are today. So we spoke to Lily last time, and Lily had an incredible story. She's a Gen Xer. She's come a long way. She was from Harbin, China. This very, we didn't even realize, this multicultural ethnic place. And... um she was a beneficiary of such a diversity of thought, and she worked and, and worked away in HR and had a career. She was a Gen X with a career, but like a lot of Gen Xs, they get a little antsy, and she felt she needed to find her true calling. And so what a, what a decision. Uproot's family comes to Canada and joins the broadcast media program. And one of the great messages we had from Lily was, it's so important to look for the art in your life. And it's the art that fuels you. And it's the art that gives you this deeper sense of purpose. So how cool is that? Did I get that right, Lily? Yeah, totally right. So here she is. She's looking for purpose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's trying to find out. Yeah. Good, good, good luck on that, Lily. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, but this time is, is Isabella's time. So Yes. And we continue with the theme of the art in your life. Yeah. So we're grateful for Lily for her story. We went a bit long last time because she was so darn interesting. So <laughs> Sorry. I, I suspect that's okay. I suspect we'll go along with Isabella. Her story is so, so interesting. Um, but Isabella's story is a little different. 
I'm a I'm a, a late baby boomer, and Lily's a Gen Xer, and Isabella Suarez is from Brazil, and she's a Gen Z. And that's an odd group because they're still kind of figuring out who they are and the cohort itself as it as it finds its own characteristics and it finds its kind of path as a cohort continues to iterate and do amazing things. So we're going to hear the story of Isabella. And Isabella is from Brazil. She's going to tell us from Sao Paulo. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And, and she's going to tell us her story. But first we want to know Isabella. Tell us about school in Brazil, in Sao Paulo, and a bit about your family. Can you start that story? Okay, for sure. So before I start that, I'm really, really, like, afraid of following up for for Lily because she did, like, (laughs) such an amazing story, and now I feel like I have, like, High expectations to well, accomplish. Well, well no. that's nice, but let's stop. Let's stop filling her head with all of this stuff. <laughs> she won't be able to fit through a door if we keep making her sound. You but make she, me nervous. Yeah, she was. A, she was amazing, but you're going to be amazing too. Tell us. Start telling us about okay. your life as, as a kid in Brazil. What was that like? And going to school. Yeah. So actually, I say that um, I started school when I was about three. And I used to go to a Brazilian school throughout the afternoon because in Brazil you can either study in the morning or in the afternoon from, like, for example, you can study from 9 to 12 or you can study from 12 to 6. And I used to do that. Um, I went from 12 to 6 to school in Brazil. And um, I went to a school that I thought that taught English when I was three years old. Um, so I did both at the same time. So you went to a school that taught English. Now you yeah. speak English and Spanish. Uh, right? Portuguese. Portuguese. Okay, yeah. sorry. So why would you go to school in English? Like English, people in North America take English for granted. We <laughs> speak it. People that are international students who come here, they're studying it back home. Mm-hmm. Why were you taking English? Well, my mom's dream was for me to speak English because when she was little, her dad didn't really pay for her um, an English program, and she tried to learn it learn it by herself. And she wanted me to have this opportunity that she didn't have. So um, she put me really, really early on to learn English. And English is a language that you can literally communicate with like anyone in any country because right now it's been like such a multicultural language. It's like the main language that we try to communicate from other countries. So yeah, that's like the main reason why, but also because she wanted me to study in an American curriculum school. So um, yeah, like learning English would definitely get me like the foot in the door for that school. So you went to a kind of a big, prestigious private school. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I was very lucky. <laughs> so, how, so, how'd you, so it was your mom that got you in there. It was connections. Yeah. That's pretty powerful. So, but you're a bright kid. I can see that. Now mm-hmm. my interaction with you. So you probably would have got in on your own merit as well. well. What was that like in the school? Like when you were, when you were growing up, talk about kinds of things you were you learning what was the difference between because you you came to Canada to a point you'll talk about that what kinds of things were you learning in Brazil versus what you learned in Canada Mm. 
Okay, so um, in Brazil, like my school was very different from most Brazilian schools, let's say, because um, not many students get to like study in an American curriculum school. Um, there were uh, only like 13 uh, American schools, I think, in Brazil, um, in different cities. But um, usually my general day would, I, I would take so many classes, um, like um, most of them were regular course. So one thing that I really liked about Canada is that you have like so many extracurricular um, classes that you can take throughout high school. Um, but like growing up, the only extracurricular activities I had were after school. So, so you're saying some of the courses, so you couldn't take art, for example? For example, I can only take one extracurricular so okay. when I was here, I could take more of them, right? Because you have dance, you have like musical theater and all that. Like in my school, I only had arts, um, sports, if I wanted to be a part of that. But that was like after school and um, drama. So that was like, oh, and choir as well. So um, there was way more options here, I'd say. That was like really what I really liked about Canada. Oh, that's awesome. So but now what makes you... You enjoyed your life in Brazil, right? As mm -hmm. a kid? Yeah, I did. So I did. So what what made your family leave? Well, it's And when did you leave? Tell us when you left. Okay. Um, so actually, I did my exchange program in grade 9 because I really wanted to take this experience to study abroad and all that. And when you're 15 um, in Brazil, and you're a girl, you usually have this really massive party with so many people, and you get to um, wear this, like, fancy dresses and all that, like Cinderella. Um, but um, throughout the years, everything has become different. Um, people are starting to travel more, and then right now it's, like, an option. Do you want to have, like, a huge, big party, or do you want to travel somewhere? And I decided that I wanted to study abroad. So um, I did an exchange program when I was 15 years old. And that was like my first contact with Canada. Now, did you, where did you come in Canada? I came to Winnipeg. Oh. Yeah. So you, actually, you actually chose Winnipeg? I like that. Yeah, I actually chose Winnipeg. So why Winnipeg. did you choose Winnipeg? Could have gone to Toronto, <laughs> Vancouver. Well, coming from like... Um, a Brazilian family that likes very protective. Like we have this very protective culture. Um, my mom, she didn't want me to go to a big city. She wanted me to go to a place where um, I would be able to enjoy what I liked. So I've always loved the arts. Um, but also, you know, being a place where it wasn't too big that I would probably, you know, like not, not be able to um, get around very well so yeah all right so you complete the exchange you go back to brazil and then you come back here mm -hmm. why is that oh i just loved my exchange program so much i loved the people that i met um my host parents here um the people that i met in school we still talk to this day. Like, we Skyped when I was in Brazil. So when I went back, um, I already knew that I wanted to study in Canada and hopefully in Winnipeg um, because I already knew 
the city and all that. And in my school in particular, everyone is really stimulated to go and study abroad um, when they finish high school. So most of my friends that studied with me um, are in the U.S., in different parts of the U.S., and some are in Europe. Um, and I've got like one friend that is here in Canada, um, but she is like a Canadian citizen and all that. But um, yeah, I came, I went back to Brazil and things changed a lot for my family, I'd say, because after I came here, um, my parents also came to visit. They loved the city so much. And um, did, they, did they come in the summer or the winter? Oh, okay. So my my mom came in the winter when she came to drop me off, but it was like only a week long. And then she came with my dad in the summer, and that was on purpose, obviously, <laughs> because she wanted to, you know, leave this good impression. <laughs> but yeah, like so many things change because um, there is like a really a big thing with like. Um, violence um, in Sao Paulo um, and actually in any metropolis but um, my dad he was an owner of an auto parts store and one day he um, faced um, he was like robbed um, but they caught the um, the people that came to rob him in action so anything happened but it was like a very traumatic experience of course and yeah, I, I think that was one of the factors, but also um, I think Sao Paulo is such a busy city. And when you look around, everyone is like so stressed trying to go from work to home and there's so much traffic that um, I definitely saw like my family was living for work, like my mom and my dad, they were living for work. And they weren't able to, you know, be so close to us as kids. So it was very important for us to have this connection um, as a family. And for my dad to also be more um, part of our family, right? Because he was working all the time. So we barely saw him. Um, and in Canada, it would be like a way of restarting. Um, but even though it's like very daring and challenging, um, we definitely wanted to try that out. Um, which year you whole family moved to Winnipeg? We moved here to Winnipeg last year uh -huh. um, in July. Okay. So it's been a little over a year that we're here, but um, it's definitely a whole big ride, ups and downs, definitely. <laughs> well, your dad's an entrepreneur. He was yeah. running the store. So mm -hmm. what it, is he is he running something now? Is he working? What what's the family yeah, doing? So really, that's a huge change for my parents, especially because it's like they're out of high school again and trying <laughs> to figure out a job, um, a place to live, and all that. When we got here, so my dad is now working at um, the Brazilian restaurant Carnival. Oh, nice. Yeah, so he has a little bit of a contact there, but he also works with cars again. Um, but really recently, actually, he got a job um, at Fountain Tire. So at least now he's getting the chance to start doing what he loves again. And my mom, she studies. She is doing her master's degree in ESL at Providence University. Excellent. Excellent. So when you all came to pack up, it, it, 
do you feel less stress being in Winnipeg as a family? Do you feel like do you feel like you're getting closer? Like you mentioned that it was even hard to have family engagements because they were so busy. Do you feel like you're mm-hmm. it's it's much better now that way? Oh yeah, for sure. Because my dad and my mom now spend like more time at home, even though they work um, and my mom studies and all that. But my dad has days off, and then we can, you know, go eat somewhere together or um, watch a movie or something like that and have more time as a family. And this is probably one of the greatest things about moving as a family is because you get closer together. This whole process is so hard for everyone because you're trying to adapt to a new culture, um, a new lifestyle. But when you have your family Um, it's so much easier because you rely on each other. And this is just the beauty of going to another place and starting over. But when you have your family, you're like sticking together. And that really draws you closer, I'd say. That's a powerful comment about that immigrant experience, right? Mm -hmm. Where there's a lot of pain. Like, Like you said, we wanted to come together. We wanted to leave. We wanted to be closer as a family. It's hard though. Mm-hmm. I've I've uh, I've done some volunteer work at uh, uh, Manitoba Start with many immigrants who come there, and I'm always amazed by their resiliency. Uh, I I always tell them you are so powerful because you survive this journey, mm-hmm. and you continue to grow in the journey. You continue to get stronger. You to continue to get better, and it's such a powerful thing. My dad is an immigrant. Uh, he always said to me. Um, uh, Adriano, said, <laughs> yeah, Pop. I, I don't know how I survived. He always said that to me, and even though he had created a great life for himself, but he worked hard. He worked hard, and I, I suspect your family's working hard, and they're they're trying to figure out things all the time. It's that process of figuring out that when you said brings you together, when you're all figuring it out together, what a powerful bonding moment. Even though there's pain, would you, Lily, in your same mind, same thing? Yeah. Because w- when I listen to uh, Bella's uh, story, it's like I'm trying to see from my daughter's perspective, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, she's close age with you, and uh, I never talk with her about this issue. Mm-hmm. But from your story, I think that maybe my daughter have the same feelings. Yeah. Well, I need to discuss with her. Yeah, Lily, what do you think you ought to do when you leave this podcast? <laughs> I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe call your daughter. Yeah, she's in school today, but I, I, I'm sure I need to, to talk with her. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes you're so busy surviving and you're so busy trying to make it work. I like that your parents, like when you said we, we watched a movie together, we, we play together, and you know what? That's powerful. Mm-hmm. But it takes time to do that, right? And, yeah. But that there is so much power in the story of you taking on this enormous journey. I'm so impressed with you all. It's both of you. Like it's, it's, and you remind me of my dad and, and just how he came with nothing. And when he came after World War II, got robbed at the Halifax airport. Wow. You know, and, uh, and, and one of his first paychecks, my mom would talk about sometime, he lost in a poker game, mm-hmm. you know, a, as a young man, like those kinds of small pieces that, and there, I have many pieces about my dad, but he always survived and he always found a way to survive and to get better and to grow and to figure things out. Like you're, 
your stories are so inspirational in the, we will figure it out. We will make this work. Yeah. We believe in each other. We will, we will be together. We're here together. Like Lily, when you left as well, you left partly because you're looking for art mm-hmm. in life. And that's a metaphorical art, right? Like this, this whole sense of, I want to be expressive in how I live my life mm-hmm. with my family. You're doing that, Isabella. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a beautiful thing. I mean, the pain, the pain seems to be a prerequisite. There's some pain in that, right? In the struggle, the struggle seems to be a prerequisite to finding truth, mm-hmm. to finding the right way. When you left Sao Paulo and you said it's big and it's, it's, uh, it's getting more violent, it's a big city, mm-hmm. right? Winnipeg may become that way one day. I won't be around, but... Um, <laughs> You likely will be, but it's, it's, it's a much safer place. It's a much more, uh, diverse place, you know? So that's, that's a great call for you, for your family to make, but it's a difficult call and it's one that builds you. You know, in China, we have one word to say that on the journey of the life, there's a many, uh, like mountains there. You need climb up and then climb up another. All these mountains can bring some difficulties to your life, some suffering things. But also you can get learn a lot of things when you're climbing up each mountain. And when you get over of it, when you look at oh, back, yeah. all these oh, things, yeah. it be- become a um, beautiful view, yeah. oh, right? Gosh. I think you need to go through paint for you to actually see... The good that yeah. happens from, you know, a tough journey, the yeah. end kind of compensates the whole, um, the whole like hard parts of actually, you know, moving. And I was even talking to Anna about this, another student in our broadcast media program. Yeah, we can, we can from, invite Anna next time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> She's she from, from Mexico. Mexico. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Awesome. And yeah. we were talking about how it's so hard for you to pack your life in some suitcases and move to somewhere else. Yeah, I, I, I still hard. remember like that. I, I almost threw everything away back in China. Mm-hmm. All my family, we came here with three people. We have only totally six, six suitcases. And that's all for us. Mm-hmm. You, need, you, you need to choose yeah. what to take, what well, not and take. It's hard. And what you leave behind, my mother used to tell me a story when she came to Canada uh, in in the 30s, I guess. Um, and she was eight years old and leaving, and they were leaving for a new life. Mm-hmm. And she, she told me a story once about um, saying goodbye to her grandmother. Mm-hmm. And she said she never forgot that. It was the most moving thing of her life. And even in her, her late life, she related that story to me about um, what she left behind. Yeah. Because you leave things behind that are a part of you. And when you go through those larger processes of, of packing everything up and, and trying to create a new life, mm-hmm. you learn so much about yourself. So what do you learn about yourself when you come here, Isabella? What did you learn about yourself as a person? I think what I learned most about myself is that I need, I need other people like my family more than anything. Um, it's because... You everything is way more easy when you have you know 
the people that grew up with you around. Um, I know that even this whole experience of moving here, I got closer to my brother um, and my brother, um, like we, we used to fight so much um, because we have like four years difference. He's younger than I am, but now we share a room. So that is like a really hard change, right? But it kind of brought us way closer together. But also I guess what I learned is that you can never really see the future um, as long as you like, as long as you try and um, you take whatever comes your way, everything is gonna be all right in the end. I think when you get out of high school, and this is for anyone, it's really nerve wracking. Oh, what I'm gonna do? What place am I gonna study at? Um, and like, what is going to be like my career? But you know, it's one step at a time. Mm -hmm. And I think we always try to see uh, past what mm -hmm. we can, right? Yeah. Past the present. But it's really the journey um, of you trying to figure out it's okay for you to not know everything yes. when you get out yes. of yeah. high school. Yes, and that's, that, that's quite powerful about the choosing. Mm -hmm. Choosing these and going through them. And I am always, always tell young people, finish. Just finish what you're doing. It's going to make you stronger. Mm -hmm. It may not be exactly what you want, but it'll build something. You'll meet someone. And there's, there's a power, I mean, I always think about, I always talk about career development as a place where you don't connect dots right away. You have to collect them first. Yes. And the way to collect them is to take some, some risk mm -hmm. and to step outside your boundary a bit and to try because Steve Jobs used to say this, right? I mentioned it before, <laughs> you can't, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backward, but you can't connect them unless you have enough dots there. So you have to go try. I like what you said. Just go try things and and work through them mm -hmm. and do your best at them and yeah. finish. Yeah. Like th there's times when I meet some young people sometimes that aren't finishing. They'll leave it. My attitude to them all the time is it's difficult, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard. I feel like quitting. This is the time to finish. That's the great moment. That's the great dot you're collecting there mm -hmm. that'll say... I can complete and I finished. And during an interview, when you're going to talk or you're trying to build a network, and we'll talk more about that in more in future podcasts, uh, oh my gosh, you have a story there. Mm -hmm. When you finish something that was difficult, when you have this great story, when I, when, when I, when I spoke at, um, uh, at, at Manitoba's start, um, I just emphasized you have such a powerful story of overcoming that most Canadians don't have. It's your start, it's your foundation, and it turns you in it's, it has turned you into this powerful person. Don't ever diminish it. Don't ever run from it. It's the pain that turns you into this very powerful, thoughtful person ready to take on the next challenge. Mm -hmm. The pain makes you strong sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I always remember there's one guy I met in Bangladesh. He's a manager in a garment. Uh, one time he told me one word I remember until now. He told me that um, life is difficult. You need to make many choices. But most of time of ours, we don't know yep. how to choose, right? Yeah. So when you don't know how to choose, you just focus on what you can do now. Do it well. Don't always look around. Yes. So yes. I, I always yes. remember this word. And that's powerful. Do it well. Finish yes. and, and yes. do it well. 
I think that's awesome. Is there what what advice, Isabella, would you give to a young high school student trying to figure out? Because students come to me all the time. I'm a career development consultant, Lurial, and they come to me all the time saying, "I don't know what should I be," and they're looking for an answer. Sometime, mm-hmm. uh, what advice would you give to a young person? I think well, the advice I would give is just volunteer in some place that um, think about your interests. Oh, I like watching movies. Well, volunteer with like a film festival or if you like to, I don't know, play, um, let's say, um, like play games, maybe go to practices, see how that's like. Um, volunteer experience has really, really helped me understand what I wanted to do, especially when I got here because I didn't have the contacts. I didn't have um, the people um, that could, you know, direct me in the right path. But I guess even the people who don't know what they want to do, just try whatever, you know, what comes your way. And even though it's not what you, like, want at that moment, maybe you can get something out of that. Because every experience that you go in life, you will learn something from it. And um, that's just the way things work. And even though it's really nerve-wracking to not know where to go or what to study and all that, I just say feel feel free to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, feel free to try new things that you never thought you would try before. Oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah. And, and you'd be surprised at what sticks to you from that experience. Even when you thought... I. Why am I here? Why am I? You will meet someone. You will connect with someone in the room who thinks the same way you do and is connected to a volunteer organization that they will invite you to partake of. Like there's so much that can happen when you put yourself out there and give yourself a chance to experience. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Hey, what'd you think? Yeah, that's perfect. I love this girl. (laughs) (laughs) We are very good partners. You are, you are, you are an incredible team. And I'm, I'm honestly, I'm blessed to have you two as my teammates on this project. I love it. But it's come to that sad and lonely time when Mm. we must bid you a fond farewell. Not you guys. I mean, the people are listening (laughs) (laughs) to the one or two people listening to this, to this thing. Anyway, I think it's time. Uh, That's the end of our podcast. Super happy to have you listening. And we will continue in our quest to bring students to you and the student experience about why they make the calls they make and what kinds of decisions go into careers, especially at the beginning of the career journeys. So what fun this was today. And I think it's time. I hear it. Do you hear it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. That's Lily on the trumpet. <laughs> I need I need to bring a, a, a drum. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, thanks we'll for everybody. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Bye-bye. Have a, good, have a great week. <laughs> see you later. See you next time. <laughs>